taking a sip from the Wall Street fire hydrant. And in this section, in this last section of this podcast, I'm going to share with you uh, just a number of resources and things that you can sort of tap into um, if you're interested in uh, in learning more, exploring more, and um, you know, just getting a better grasp on this uh, intersection between Wall Street and Main Street. So the first item here is earnings announcements, and I, I really I already talked about this. I covered this quite a, at length a while ago when we sh- when I showed you the list uh, of companies, and we went to a couple of the websites. We looked at the uh, investor relations pages of these publicly traded companies on their websites, and uh, we talked about earnings announcements. But let me kind of unpack this a little bit for you, so you understand really more, put some meat on the bone, so to speak, of this of this impact. First of all, um, these earnings announcements impact the price of the stock almost instantly. Uh, so in the short term, it's an instant reaction. And you know this, when you, when you see these earnings announcements, a lot of times they'll come out after the market closes for the day. So at four, after four o'clock PM, you will see these companies announce their earnings. Uh, one of the reasons they do that is they sort of want the potential impact on the stock to be minimal. So when the market's closed, it's not as severe as it that is it is after the market closes. That said, you may know that there is an, what's called extended hour trading in the stock market. So if you own stocks in these companies, you'll notice sometimes that these stocks will either go up or down a little bit or a lot, depending on the earnings announcements. And that can happen, can often happen after four o'clock. In fact, it almost always does. Or a lot of times they'll announce before the market opens uh, in the morning at 9.30. So uh, typically these announcements are done after outside of the actual normal trading hours of the market. So that's the impact in the short term. Longer term, the the growth rate the earnings growth rate of a company and specifically the predictability of that growth rate of that earnings growth and the sustainability of that earnings growth is what ultimately determines the price of a stock over time and we meant I talked about this earlier earnings uh, price divided by earnings the PE ratio is a, is the most common measure of value so what drives a price of a stock up over time or down is the earnings growth of the company because the price the stock the stock price is nothing more than a reflection of the earnings growth of that company so earnings growth is the key here uh, has a huge impact on stock prices and therefore portfolios 401ks uh, stock portfolios etc and of course on the prospects of a company right if home depot has a really bad couple of years they're going to be laying people off that's going to hurt the local economy and so forth and so on all right so the next item here investors people that own the stocks focus on what we call reported versus expected earnings right this is what i meant earlier about stocks moving up or down these wall street brokerage firms, the big brokerage firms like Morgan Stanley and J.P. Morgan and all of them, basically Goldman Sachs, all all those guys, have armies of research analysts 
that follow these stocks, that analyze these companies, and they analyze them for their investors. And what they try to do is they try to understand the companies, and they do that in many, many ways, including visiting plants, you know, production plants, or they'll go on site to talk to the investors. They'll talk, they'll go to the assembly lines of these companies. And and they they do that so they can better understand what's actually happening operationally in these companies, right? And bottom line is they come up with earnings forecasts, right? They project what the earnings are going to be the next quarter, the next four quarters, maybe the next year, the next three years, the next five years. So every time the company reports earnings every quarter, those actual earnings, the reported earnings, are going to be either above or below the expected earnings, the ones that the analysts are uh, forecasting. And then there's something called consensus earnings, which is basically the average or the consensus of all the analysts that follow that particular stock. They say that this is by the street. And when they're talking about the street, they're talking about Wall Street. Okay, so that's what investors focus on. And then they also focus on something called guidance, which is an interesting animal. And that's the company providing literally providing guidance about what their earnings are going to be to the Wall Street analysts um, that follow the company, right? So a lot of times in these announcements, um, mentioned earlier when I when we went to the stock, the individual stocks, and we clicked on that one, a couple stocks, and we went to their investor relations page, and we scrolled down, I think it was the Greenbrick Partners, and we looked at uh, all the stuff that was on that investor's page. Well, one of the things was those webcasts. When they do their earnings announcements, they do these webcasts where they report their earnings. They, they trot out the, the, the CFO. He goes through all the financials. But during those earnings calls, often, well, no, no, during normal times, not a pandemic, they will, all, they will provide guidance to the Wall Street analyst. They'll basically say, here's what we're seeing in our sales, here's what we're seeing in our demand. So in the case of those housing companies, if you want to go back, and this is what I mean about how you glean information that you can't any other ways, hop on some of those earnings calls and listen to the CEOs of Pulte Group or uh, 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 DR Horton or Toll Brothers, if you're interested in any of those companies, just hop on one of those calls and listen, and you will learn a lot because what when they share their guidance, they're going to tell you what they're seeing on their properties. They're going to tell you about buyer traffic. They're going to tell you what they're seeing on their websites where a lot of people do their shopping. They will tell you, uh, you know, the foot traffic, the, the, their cancellation orders, all the stuff that are, you know, that is hyper-specific to this real estate industry in Atlanta you will hear those guys talking about that. I'm talking about the management. I'm talking about the CEO or the CFO, whoever's on that call, on those earnings calls, and that's usually who's on them. Um, and if you can't get on them live, go back and do what I did there. Click on the link. Almost all of these companies will record these earnings calls and the presentations and provide the link so you can go back and listen to it later and you can download the slide presentation that they use during the presentation. So you can just go on it at your leisure, right? But this is where you get some really interesting color, if you will, on what's going on in the real estate industry. So again, another way that Wall Street impacts Main Street in a pretty significant way. 
I mentioned earlier when we scrolled through that, that website, the financial statements are all there. You can download their quarterly reports. You can download their annual reports. Uh, I already Number three is what I just talked about, investor relations, the earnings calls. There's live and recorded, the investor presentations. Okay, number four is research reports. This is all part of this, what I call the tsunami of information or the, the, the uh, fire hydrant of information. Uh, all of those big companies that have analysts, research analysts, well, they all publish research reports on, on these major companies. All these companies we looked at before. If you have a Morgan Stanley account or if you have a Merrill Lynch account or if you have an account at uh, you know, TD Ameritrade, almost all these companies will provide you with research reports on whatever company you want. So if you say, I want to, I'm interested in the housing industry, do you have any, what you're going to find is they have really very, usually very good research reports about the entire industry. And when they do their industry reports, they'll drill down and say, here are our favorite home builders. Here are our favorite, you know, do it yourself, the homes, the Home Depots, the Lowe's, you know, here's our favorite group in the mortgage companies and so forth and so on. And then if you want specific information, you go to the bigger brokerage firms and they all will have they should have research reports on the specific company. So that's what research reports are. Company, industry, sector specific, uh, all kinds of research reports that you can get from your broker, as I'm sure you know. There's also something called company-sponsored content, which is just what it sounds like. These publicly traded companies will hire outside firms or they have them inside analysts that will produce research reports. Now, those are usually industry related uh, or topical as a, I mean, they're not going to write a research report on their own company. Typically what they do, what they will do is they'll write a research report on the, the demographic trends in the housing industry, for example. Right. And that could be sponsored by Lennar and maybe, a, maybe a bank or something. Sometimes they'll partner up with a couple of, you know, a lender and a home builder or, or a bank and a home builder or whatever, and team up and create this sort of sponsored content. But it's usually good stuff. It's, it's you know, well-researched, good research that you can get your hands on. And then there's what I call third-party research, which are websites like MarketWatch, Seeking Alpha, and so forth. And these guys crank out just tons of research on all kinds of things, including individual companies. There's financial journalism. The Barons, the Bloombergs, the CNBCs. I'm actually, uh, I've got another uh, podcast coming that I'm going to talk. I'm going to give you specifics. I'm going to actually get, drill down and I'll share with you some of the stuff that I that I track. Uh, some of the free stuff, subscription-based stuff. There's some great bloggers and vloggers that are out there. I'm going to share a bunch of really, really good stuff with you in a future episode if you're interested in that sort of thing. Um, and that's, that's, uh, these are, these are folks that are just, you know, brilliant off the chain kind of stuff that I think you'll really find interesting. Some that's very industry specific to the real estate industry and some that's more general, just financial and economic market, uh, information. And then finally, I mentioned a couple of the strategists that I follow on Twitter, uh, Liz Ann Saunders from Charles Schwab and Liz Young from SoFi. Both of them are uh, what we call chief investment strategists, two of the best in the business, in my opinion. Uh, so Twitter is is the preferred platform for journalists. It really is. Uh, and it's a great place to get breaking information on everything, including a lot of real estate related stuff. 
I showed you the two charts that those two two ladies uh, tweeted a couple of weeks ago when the uh, when the home builder sentiment information came out. And then finally, YouTube is is another fantastic source of content. You know, the problem with all of this is there is so much out there. It is the proverbial fire hydrant. So this is why I decided in a future episode, I'm going to go through and sort of cherry pick out and create kind of a manicured list of stuff that you might find interesting. So I am going to wrap it up. Um, it, um, I, you may know if you've been following my, my uh, podcast here for a while, I had hoped to get this podcast out on December 1st. Uh, and so uh, obviously I'm a little bit late, like uh, it's almost January 1st, but uh, I did get it out. And uh, part of the reason is the holidays. Part of the reason is uh, the, there are other things that I have to do besides podcasting. Uh, and the but the main reason is uh, when I dug it, when I started laying this out and 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 sort of thinking about what I wanted to share with you. Uh, it was the proverbial can of worms, and I started peeling back one layer after another, and I just realized, whoa! I mean, I could, you know, this is this is a this is a course. So I I actually have at least three other podcasts that I'm going to create, basically under the same umbrella of Wall Street versus Main Street, and uh, but I wanted to start with the sort of the building blocks of what it's all about. Um, and so, uh, I hope you found this helpful. I, I, um, I, I tried to produce something here that was maybe different than what you would get elsewhere. You know, there is, there's a tsunami of information of this real estate specific stuff out there. That's very, very good in terms of data and all that kind of stuff. So what I wanted to do with this podcast is provide you with context and provide you with tools that allow you to connect the dots and understand the cause and effect between what's happening in the financial markets and on Wall Street and what's happening in the housing industry and with some of these companies that you follow. So anyway, that was my intention. I hope it came through. I hope you enjoyed this. If you did, uh, would love it if you uh, would share this with your friends, family, colleagues, whatever. And with all that, I'm going to bid you farewell. I hope you have a fantastic new year. I hope you're happy and healthy in 2023. Hope it's profitable for you. And uh, I'll look forward to seeing you on another episode of the Atlanta Real Estate Report. This is Steve Sines, your ATL Sherpa.